Let's do it, Harvey. Wisdom Walking with the Hat Man. I'm going to talk to you about um, a couple of things this evening. Uh, Moulin Rouge um, was on the TV the other night, and I sat and I watched it, and I absolutely loved it just as much as the first time I watched it at the cinema. I just loved the colours, I loved the music, the acting was probably not what people say Oscar-worthy, but for me, it was spot-on. And the two main actors, Ewan McGregor and, um, oh, I've got a name. Uh, the Australian girl, whatever. Anyway, they, um, they fell in love in this movie. And Ewan's character was some arty type. He'd gone to France, Paris to go well the uh, beatniks were, whatever they were called at the time. And he fell in love with uh, this dancer um, at the Moulin Rouge. And one of the things they spoke about there was, uh, it was love, really. And all the songs were around the two of them meeting and getting to the point where they could be together. And in most boy meets girl movies, there is a great sadness in there, as we can expect. But when it came, it was still heartbreaking. But one of the things I remember vividly is watching them being interviewed, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, one of the things I remember vividly is watching them on the chat show with Michael Parkinson. And they were discussing the show. And what really attracted me to that movie was the chemistry between the two of them. They were laughing, they were smiling, they were looking at each other. They'd obviously had a great experience in making this movie. And it transformed itself beyond life in front of the camera. And, okay, I don't know if it lasted, but it looked a wonderful thing. And I was really pleased I'd seen that. And then I saw the movie. Yeah, Moulin Rouge. It's all about love. The songs, they were amazing. Uh, Elton John's one, uh, your song. Oh, Ewan McGregor's version is, is lovely. Yeah, I played that at Lake Como. Um, oh, there's a young boy running on the uh, track. I hope you've got some parents. Yeah, yes. Okay, good. Um, where were we? Oh yeah, falling in love. So this evening, the sun has been quite kind as I've written this song, stolen that from Elton John. But love. Back to Italy, yeah. Uh, Captain Corelli's mandolin. Love is a temporary madness. It erupts like a volcano and then subsides. Any fool can fall in love. And that's easy. The thing is, once it's subsided, what comes next? What happens? It's working out, you know, if your roots are so entwined that it's inconceivable that you'll ever be apart. And the two individual entities actually realize they're one and they're both dependent upon each other. It's not breathlessness, excitement, or the promulgation of uh, passion. What happens afterwards? It's what's left over when 
being in love and all the energy and all the excitement has passed then what happens love is an art and a uh, a fortunate passion i've um i've been in love <laughs> many times first time i think was with alison uh it was in infant school in reading and i went to school with uh michael parkinson's son michael he was my best mate then and uh yeah alison's oh she was this lovely little girl she had brown hair i think we we're about four and a half maybe five and i doubt if she notices me with my silver white hair my shirt and badly tied tie grey shorts grey socks and brown sandals always a uh, heartbreak of that oh yeah local constabulary um, yeah I don't know if she saw me so back then the rules were you could don't really look because that was a bit awkward uh, you never spoke to a girl she didn't know what to say still don't and uh you, didn't, you never touched a girl. Other than when you're playing he or it. So that was quite interesting. There's a guy called Caesar Milan. He's a dog trainer from America. He's really good. He has this thing, no touch, no eye contact, no talk. This is what he does every time he comes across a dog that he hasn't worked with before. And he encourages new people or when they come into the room. The first three things. Don't look at the dog, don't touch the dog, don't talk to the dog. Basically, you ignore it. And eventually the dog gets through the barky, barky, barky stage. And he'll use his nose. And he'll use the ears. And then he'll look at you. Because, of course, when they first, when you first come in, it goes the other way. They're eye, they're eye focused. So they're looking for prey and threats. Caesar Milan's got a great way of working with people. And I'm wondering whether or not Alison now has got a, <laughs> a great way of being in love. The temporary madness, which any fool can do, that's the easy part, or whether or not she's actually nailed it. Maybe she has mastered this art form. A fortunate accident. Wow, I wonder if she has. Young love is, uh, if we think back of it, we probably had a few uh, posters on the wall <laughs> of uh, maybe some actors or actresses. Maybe some pop stars. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, but... Uh, I, <laughs> um, so with the poster on the wall, there's... Uh, my, my first set of posters was Joan Collins. Good Lord. Yeah, so I was a teenager then. I can't remember anything before Joanie that I loved, except for Leeds United Football Club. And what I'm about to tell you about Joanie, I never did with the, <laughs> the printouts of Leeds United raising the FA Cup in 1972 and onwards. Yeah, so anyway, back to this poster. Uh, picture on the wall of Joan Collins. You'd kiss it. You'd look at it and your heart would go, your mouth would go dry, you'd think about it, and you're like, oh my God, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then you'd, I'd move forward and kiss it. Once, my brother Philip, mother, geez, he, um, yeah, he called me doing it. And he says, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing? And I said, go away, leave me alone. And, um, but I'm wondering now about uh, my kids when they were younger. Did they have posters up that they longed for, you know, had yearnings for? Did they kiss their poster? And children today, you can't kiss an iPhone, can't kiss an Android.
phone. So I'm just wondering where they're... Those moments from when I was young. It was quite a, you know, the poster on the wall, that was like, that was a great time. But, and my sister, she had, um, she had horses on the wall. She loved those horses. They came from a magazine, I can't remember what it's called. But nowadays, you know, that young, innocent, young, innocent love, it's, it's moved on. We've moved on from there now. We're, we're totally different beings. Oh, we've fallen in love. We've fallen and fell and got back up and fallen again and got back up. Let's see, old Bill. Good evening. Yeah, so this, I want to step it up about this love thing. Now, I'm no expert on love. I need to be better. I want to be better at it. Um, and I'm going to gear shift change really and I'm just asking myself what is love so with Harvey my dog my faithful companion if you saw us out now you know that we are in love he loves me I love him but the thing is it's all one way he does exactly what I want him to do every time well nearly every time and he does it because, hmm, is he my slave? He does everything I want him to do. And if he came down to it, there'd be a fight to the death. But he's a slave. That love is all one way. I'm, I don't think that's, I'm looking at him now, I don't think that's a, a relationship I want to have with him. But I came across this. Some people will like, sorry, if you, some people will love things differently. Football players, Leeds United, Joan Collins, horses, etc. Yeah. Um, but what do you love? People say you love your dog. Some people say that they love a prayer because it's got meaning and resonance with them. Some people will say there's a song that they love. It brings back good memories and sad memories. Some people will say a painting because it just affects them deeply. Some people will say a book and some will say a landscape. And some will just say a moment. Maybe it's eye contact. We'll all have this thing. But the thing is, ignoring eye contact, let's just go back a bit. All those things we love, those non-animate objects and inanimate objects, we love, and it's okay, you can love them just that way, because nothing's coming back from the picture, the song, or the painting. They're just going to be the picture, the painting, the song, or the landscape. Not a lot's going to change from when you blink or to when you come back in a year's time. It's all one way. All right, but what about this? If you can love inanimate objects unconditionally, because there's no expectation that anything will come your way, what about humans? What about people in your life? Maybe what about your partners and relationships maybe your children can you love them unconditionally where you do and are everything that you need to because you love them and nothing's coming back you don't do it with the expectation of oh I do this and you'll do that one see the thing is if you open up to expectations the next step is anxiety <laughs> fear of rejection Jealousy, anger, hatred, these things can come. 
because of an expectation. And if somebody doesn't reach those expectations, doubt settles in. But we never have that with inanimate objects. With my children, I like to think that I've been able to love them unconditionally. But today, I've been thinking about it, I haven't done that. I failed in that one. I mean, you know. But there are things I ask, in fact, demand of them. Three things. Cards. Birthday card. Father's Day. Christmas card. I expect those things. I demand those things. And therefore, it can't be unconditional. Because that's part of the deal. I love you, so you give me a card. I don't want that relationship with my children. It's hard to uh, get through that. We're coming out of lockdown and the emotions for me have been horrendous the last four or five weeks on a number of levels. First of all, we're coming to the end of lockdown and I'm getting quite emotional over the smallest things. And I think it's down to relief that I got there and my family and my loved ones, they got there. There's some near misses, but we all got there. And it's just like, thank God we're here. Thank God we're here. Yesterday I met a guy I hadn't seen for a couple of years. We were good friends. I couldn't believe it was two years since we saw each other. And he was telling me that he'd um, had to go to hospital and he was in the hospital with this coronavirus. And he was there because his missus found him lying on the floor. He'd just collapsed. So ambulance, everything else. They diagnosed him, he came to. They, he described this, they're wearing like spacesuits. And they said, look, there's not a lot we can do. You've got a few days to get through this, or you won't. You've got it bad, and you need to make plans, and maybe you need to call your family. What the hell? Can you imagine that? So, yeah, he made the phone call to uh, his parents and his missus and told them it's really serious and he might not make it. Oh, God. What would you say if you had that phone call? What would you say if you got to make the call? Anyway, it turned out that he, um, his daughter from his previous uh, relationship, um, Amelia, he, he didn't tell her because he said he didn't want to worry her. And of course, when she found out that her dad was really ill, she was really upset. She said, well, why didn't you tell me? And he said, because I just didn't want to scare you. And she said, and you tell me now? So that was uh, interesting. And I asked him, I said, okay, f fantastic. You know, um, he got through it, his body did fight. Sorry, his body got through it. His body didn't give up on him. And he's okay. He's, he still gets some breathing problems, but he says, I'm back at work, I'm okay getting tested once a week, and life is good. Tick-tock. He said, tick-tock. I said, what do you mean about that? He goes, those five days, every second. I worried every second. And I worried about what I could say, what I could do, in the time I got left. But I couldn't go anywhere. I said, Phew. I said, so, we're in April now. What are the top three things you want to get done? <laughs> this year and he goes Mike you know I don't know I've never 
ever thought about what I want. I've just got by doing things. You know, mostly good, some bad, mostly good. But I've never been able to think about it. He said those, those five days. Yeah. So tick tock, clocks running. Tick tock, clocks running. When we were young, like his daughter Amelia, we could love unconditionally. We loved our mum and dad. <laughs> we loved our aunts and uncles and nans and granddads. We loved our brothers, loved our sisters, loved our neighbour. Yeah, we found it easy to do, to love unconditionally. And then it got hard. We kind of grew up. Kind of got bills and direct debits. Oh. And then we uh, started put, putting down conditions. If I do this, you'll do that. And then we got further and further away from it, from being able to do things that we want, you know, and maybe falling in love is just an easy distraction from loving, really. It's been hard. And in those times, people need a hero. But you know what, Clark Kent, you know, Superman's alter ego. When Superman wasn't wearing his cape, He turned into Clark Kent, and even then, Clark Kent, some days, just wanted to shut the door and do nothing. Because we can't be heroes every day, all day. We can't be the person who takes on the burdens of everybody else on our shoulders. We can't keep on being the brave face, the happy face. It's okay to stop. And maybe consider, you know, five days. Oh, of two of those days, he was in a coma. Um, yeah, so maybe three days. Maybe this weekend. Saturday, Sunday, and maybe Monday. Start thinking about decisions, about three things. That you'd like unconditionally to be. <laughs> the greatest gift is to be loved and loved in return is a great line in Moulin Rouge but that's a conditional thing but if you could love unconditionally wow yeah so got a good couple of days ahead of me really thinking about I suppose this is like count your blessings Love your dog and begin to love yourself. So, you know, Superman had to take off his cape, put on his glasses. Sometimes we've got to get off the treadmill. I've said this before. So maybe this weekend the sun's going to be out for most of us. So just find a quiet space and have a think. Have a ponder. And any thoughts you've got? Maybe... Uh, formulate a plan okay thanks for listening everyone hatman out